And the Academy Award for this week's malignant greenwashing goes to Australia's newest and most irrelevant electric car brand. (laughs) This one really is export grade. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap (laughs) for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can simply click the card that's up there now, dude. Except, of course, if it isn't. Now, if you're a regular viewer, coming up over the next few days... A special guest interview here in the Fat Cave, Michael West. One of the country's bravest journalists, of course. This will be a two-parter, right? Part one over here in the Fat Cave, part two over on Michael's channel. The central overarching thesis, how do we get from over here where we are presently on bullshit world and move back to reality? Michael does some excellent work, he really does, and he'll join me here in the Fat Cave over the next few days. This report is proudly sponsored by Polestars. Stars there, love their work, defying gravity with grace, fluidity and Jedi grip strength. I should have done my thesis on applied rotational kinematics, you know, the biomechanics of pole stars, quantum gravity and pole stars, Isaac Newton versus pole stars. Untapped wealth of research opportunities there, endless hypotheses to validate, Get a gree. Pole dancing should actually be an Olympic sport. The Olympic sport, that's pretty clear. Things would certainly be different if I were in charge because pole stars certainly make Australia less shit. Now, the other pole star, the Chinese, Electra, Swedish, irrelevant one. Talk about an identity crisis, right? They're about to set up shop here in Shitsville, of course, and that'll be just next month. Very keen to blip on the public radar. And... (sighs) This bullshit press release is certainly one way to achieve that. Probably not the best way, but one way. The backstory on Polestar, okay, if you're in the dark on this kind of thing. Ford had a fire sale just after the GFC in 2010 to avoid bankruptcy. The Blue Oval sold all of its shitbox brands. Land Rover and Jaguar went over to the Indians. Aston Martin found itself in the hands of a Middle Eastern investment consortium. And Volvo got flicked past to Geely in China. Volvo sort of shuffled along aimlessly for the next five years or so, and then it snapped up its former girlfriend, Polestar, in 2015. (laughs) Down on one knee, ring on the finger, will you marry me and move to China? I will, she said. 
We can keep the apartment in Gothenburg if you really want. So they gave Polestar a head office in Gothenburg to maintain some sort of tangential Euro connection, but they actually build the cars and do all of the grubby hands-on work in Geely's factory in China. They're going to start selling the essentially three-year-old Polestar 2 electric car here in Schittsville next month. Yes, be still, my beating pump. Polestar is quasi-relevant wannabe Mercedes, Swedo-Chinese... EV manufacturer, that's unique. Battery-powered Volvo, essentially, from China with Rav. Because deep down, I think we all want that. I know I do. Of course, that's not funny, Polestar Schittsville is busy prick-teasing the crap out of itself at every opportunity right now, grinding away defying gravity ahead of the imminent launch here and... They just drove a Polestar 2 EV across the Nullarbor. <laughs> because, you know, relevance. 17 January 2022, Polestar, the premium Swedish electric vehicle brand, is channeling the spirit of past Aussie pioneers by trialling a world-first fast charging system for electric vehicles on the Australian Nullarbor. <sighs> What other kind of nullarbor is there? The Eastern European one? Anyway, they drove this luxury car to a roadhouse, presumably in air-conditioned comfort, and they plugged it in while they stopped and ate, I don't know, a burger. And in doing this, they're alleging that it's in some way equivalent to the pioneering feats of, I don't know, John McDowell Stewart or something... Okay, well done, setting the tone of this release nice and early. Plus, pro tip, world first. Really, that's a bit tenuous in my view. This recharger uses old vegetable oil to generate electricity using an internal combustion engine attached to a generator. Dudes, the Price Waterhouse Coopers head office in London has been using cooking oil for electricity for... 11 years now, in just this way. They collect it from nearby restaurants. And of course, electric cars at the recent COP26 climate meeting in Glasgow were recharged using vegetable oil-powered generators. So there's that. That's according to PolitiFact. If you're not from around here, the Nullarbor is the surface of the moon imprinted onto the cultural void of Australia, essentially. It joins Australia's only living cemetery, South Australia, to McGowanistan over in the West, if the borders are ever open. And, as luck would have it, on the Nullarbor, smack bang at a point equidistant from East Bumfuck and West Bumfuck, which is also called the Kaguna Roadhouse, a retired engineer named John Edwards has set up an EV charger named Biofill that runs on chip fat. Hashtag Australia. So, this is a diesel engine bolted to a concrete slab, burning filtered chip fat connected to a generator that makes 50 kilowatts of DC electricity at, 
don't know, 400 volts or something, for fast charging EVs, which turn up there sucking on a dry tank of electrons approximately once every grand alignment of the planets or thereabouts. Props to Mr Edwards for using an otherwise waste product to achieve something productive in the middle of the gaffer. Yay. Probably not a Nobel Prize-sized yay, but yay anyway, dude. However, you know how managing directors of car companies often cannot shut up, especially when perhaps they should, to turn a waste product into a CO2-neutral charging solution which connects Australian EV owners from the east with the west is the sort of ingenuity that has led to so many Australian innovations. Yeah, Zachary, just like Vegemite. Let's put some toxic waste in a jar and see if people are dumb enough to eat it. Mmm, mmm. ScoMo. Same concept, sir. Give something useless a function. That's us. Oi, oi, friggin' oi. Samantha Johnson there, managing director of Chinese Electra Swede Australia, or Polestar as it's more commonly known, whatever. What was second prize? <laughs> My only burning question, of course, is how the F is that? CO2 neutral. Maybe it was just a slip of the tongue, you know, got carried away in the moment, tongue just slipped out. I've had that. We all have. And maybe not, because here's a bit more spin from Chinese Electra Swede Australia, just to confirm my worst fears. Biofill extracts energy from waste oil using a generator, but is an entirely net zero exercise with no incremental impact on the environment. The vegetable oil for the fryers comes from seed crops such as canola and sunflower, which absorb CO2 and sunlight, and the CO2 produced to power the charge system is the equivalent to CO2 absorbed. Spoiler alert, I've had a pretty big think about this and I've formed the view that that's pretty much bullshit. And I'll tell you why. <sighs> Dear everybody who never paid attention to science at school, vegetable oil is a manufactured industrial product. Any suggestion that burning it is a, quote, net zero exercise or a, quote, CO2 neutral solution is, in my view, completely indefensible and out of step with science slash reality. Because photosynthesis and burning the stuff are far from the only processes in play. Vegetable oil is actually a manufactured product starting with industrial agriculture. You need to deliver tons of seed to a farm using CO2 belching diesel trucks. Fields need to be prepared, ploughed, scarified, whatever. And seed needs to be sown. All of this using huge CO2 belching diesel tractors. Petrochemical fertilisers are typically deployed, and there's nothing carbon neutral about them, given the manufacturing and underlying transport logistics equals more CO2. 
And perhaps there's also irrigation. And if so, you generally need to pump water using, you know, energy, CO2. And then, of course, you need to harvest the crop with your big CO2 belching diesel tractor or similar Tonka tough machinery. You need to separate the seed with a machine, right? You've got to put it on trucks, take it some distance to a processing plant, CO2, where coal-fired electricity, CO2, and perhaps methane gas, CO2, after you burn it, for heating, is used to extract the oil because that's how this works. And then you need to put the oil in containers and... It's typically barrels made out of either petrochemical plastics or tin-coated steel. And of course, petrochemical plastic is hardly CO2-free because it starts its life as crude oil and needs a shitload of energy-dense processing and transportation before you get an actual plastic container. Nor is steel a CO2-free proposition because it starts out as ore that needs to be mined with huge diesel machines and transported on massive trains powered by diesel locomotives and transported overseas on oil-burning ships and turned to steel in massive blast furnaces at 1700 degrees C, which are powered by coal typically. And of course, you need even more coal to provide the carbon to turn the iron into steel. Then you've got to roll the steel into really, really thin sheets of metal using even more heat and mechanical work from hydrocarbon energy. <sighs> CO2, sounding like a broken record. You need to dip the sheet metal in molten tin using heat and mechanical work, CO2, and put it back on a ship, CO2, and then manufacture the actual barrels in a factory, CO2, and take them to the veggie oil factory to be filled, CO2. And then you've got to transport the finished barrels of veggie oil to the roadhouse on the bumfuck meridian, Play that funky banjo, white boy. Finally, once all of that precious oil has clogged sufficient traveller's arteries, you get to burn it in your laudable but hardly CO2-neutral chip-fat diesel generator. Biofill Collins. Can you feel it coming in the air tonight? Like, I was there and I saw what you did. I saw it with my own two eyes. So you can wipe off that grin. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. Or at least an unwitting gross misrepresentation of the underlying CO2 non-neutrality of this process from end to end. Personal opinion, for the reasons I just stated. To Sammy J from Chinese Electro Swede Australia, I would say... It's very difficult seeing how this could even approach net CO2 neutrality, dudette. No criticism of you is intended here. I just think you fail to comprehend the process and its complexity. You cannot just magic away all of the energy in the processes which separate the sunflowers or the canola or something from the friggin' oil on site. You just can't. They're part of the chip-fat CO2 deal. 
It's not just photosynthesis and chip fat and burning. Life cycle analysis, like, come on, it's not that hard. The manufacturing CO2 is already friggin' up there in the clouds, like God right now, conducting nightmare hellscapeification on the climate. It just is. All of the CO2 from all of the industrial processes, which are intrinsic to the manufacture of agricultural products such as this and everything else, that's a massive component which inconveniently exists and it cannot responsibly be swept under the rug and therefore it undermines this fantasy green CO2 neutral narrative. Oops a daisy. Hashtag facts. There's really no getting around this. Plus, pro tip, this kind of thing, chip fat charging, like it simply does not scale. Check out these dicks from overseas. They picked up the story and the editorial stupidity here is just mind-boggling. This is not our nine, still the one. <laughs> The Costello's cockheads one. This is nine America. Cooking oil EV charges may help Australia phase out petrol cars sooner than batteries or solar power. Well, thanks Sky Fairy, the American media is still dumber than ours. Otherwise, there would be nowhere to point an accusing finger. Here in Shitsville, we drink 30 billion litres of liquid hydrocarbon fuels every year for road transport. About 20 billion in petrol and about 10 billion in diesel. Just to put that in perspective, okay, that's two boxes full of fuel right there, each about as big as a football field at the base. The petrol one stretches two kilometres up into the sky, but the diesel one is only one kilometre high, okay? In other words, they'd be the highest fucking man-made structures on the planet by a considerable margin if we stored it that way. And I know it's not practical to build boxes like that and put all of that fuel in them. I'm just pointing it out like this, right? To give you some idea of the scale of our liquid hydrocarbon drinking problem. The Burj Khalifa, in Dubai, which Tom Cruise hung out of in Mission Impossible so memorably, it's 830 metres high. Biggest building on earth, okay, just saying. We simply cannot put a meaningful dent in our thirst for fuel with EVs and chip fat generators. Chip fat is literally a drop in this particular ocean. According to the Schittsville Oilseed Industry, I didn't know we had one. Australia uses over 600,000 tonnes of oils and fats, mostly in edible applications. And I can see that because Tiffany and I use 100 kilos of dairy whip per week, for example. So we're doing our bit there. Total consumption of veggie oils is like 500 million litres, which is less than 2% of the volume of liquid fuels we consume. Chip fat EV charges are therefore absolutely not a salient part of any rational climate action plan. They're a sideshow at best.
Like, props to Mr Edwards for implementing a bespoke novel remote area EV charging solution using an inexpensive waste product in a situation where photovoltaics would be uneconomical. Well done, dude. Hashtag respect. I mean that sincerely. But as for Chinese electro-Swede Australia, Polestar, as for them, spinning this up as some kind of net zero CO2 undertaking, that seems to me to be completely at odds with how the real world actually functions. Kind of like the concept of saving the planet by buying an EV. You cannot conveniently forget the carbon cost of manufacturing anything just because it makes your story greener. Driving a Polestar 2 across the Nullarbor was good enough without alleging this was in some way equivalent to an actual pioneering feat or CO2 neutral. Sometimes less is more. Certainly is if credibility matters. I'd expect a company whose only trick is making luxury EVs in China and calling them Swedish... I'd expect them to know shit like this about carbon and life cycle analysis. Because carbon neutrality would seem to me to be foundational to the Polestar business model. Suggesting the CO2 emitted from burning the chip fat is the only emission, neatly balanced by the CO2 absorbed by photosynthesis, and therefore, aren't we so fucking green? That's a comprehensive failure of basic scientific literacy, in my view, or it's just agenda-serving bullshit. In any case, this is exactly the kind of bullshit which, in my estimation, stands in the way of actual effective climate action. Effective climate action is very unsexy indeed. Like, there's no chip-fat angle. The car industry wants you to believe the excruciatingly bullshit narrative that you can help save the planet by consuming even more cars, especially Chinese, electro-Swedish ones in this case. Unfortunately, reality just doesn't work like that. Effective climate action starts with moving out of bullshit world and re-engaging with reality. <laughs> 